Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Stuart Shear on the Cruise News here. <laughs> what? Stuart Shear on the Cruise Guy with Cruise News here in just a couple of seconds. And uh, a review of Carnival Conquest this week. I, I got to tell you, this release, Carnival Cruise Line, just sent me, has thrown me off because I've never seen a release like uh, basically a magical sloth at Carnival Cruise Line predicted that there's going to be 17 more days of summer. I'm not making this up. So down in Isle Morata, Florida, they had a camera, a sloth, a piano player for the sloth, and John Heald reading the sloth nursery rhymes. And all the while, this sloth was predicting how long summer is going to be this year. So I don't know what's going on down there at Carnival, but uh, yeah, good stuff. 17 more days of summer. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good. A lot of cruise news out there. Uh, first first off, though, Tropical Storm uh, made a quick little appearance in the Gulf of Mexico, diverted a couple Carnival ships, but uh, anything major? No, nothing really. Uh, you know, the, the three ships that uh, you know hailed from uh, Miami, uh, Galveston, and New Orleans, uh, they had to change their itineraries to avoid ports. Because uh, they were thinking the storm may uh, create some uh, havoc for them. So uh, they just moved uh, some ships around and uh, all's good. That just goes back to why a cruise is such a great vacation. I I couldn't agree more. I mean, the last place I'd want to be is a place that is about to get hit um, by a storm. And the good thing is the ships can reroute around foul weather. Mm -hmm. And the good thing is that the cruise lines work with the Hurricane Center. and They know where the storms are going. Um, I can't tell you how many cruises I've been on where, you know, we were going to be impacted by hurricanes and ships were able to reroute and uh, maximize the uh, experience and the safety of the passengers and the ships. Absolutely. So recently, the Trump administration uh, modified the Cuba-America trade agreement. Is there anything that uh, in this new revision that's impacting the cruise lines? It's not. Well, the the, the main change, Judge uh, Doug, is they're, they're going to be uh, scrutinizing what you're actually doing there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people that were hopping on flights, let's say from Miami down to Havana or various Cuban cities, uh, were able to self-certify what their people-to-people activities were. Um, now, uh, the uh, Treasury Department is going to be much more, um, they're going to scrutinize what people are doing, and you better have the proof of what it was that you were doing and that you met the 12 criteria. The good news is, is that with the cruise lines, and you know, if you if you don't have family down there, look, they don't have enough hotels. Uh, the places to stay aren't um, what we'd expect here in the states or traveling around the world. And the safety, the convenience, the meals, the entertainment, the activities, the visas—I mean, everything is is handled for you on board the ship. Mm-hmm. The ship pulls into uh, the various ports, let's say Havana, for a nice overnight, and you're gonna have a nice four, six, eight-hour tour uh, that's really going to help 
get you uh, a feel of what uh, Cuba is like and really show you what it's all about. I would not have wanted to do it any other way. And if I were to go back to Cuba, uh, I, I would most definitely want to be on another ship. Good to know. Royal Caribbean is making some changes to their cancellation policy. How major is this change? Doug, what they're doing is they're going to be rolling out non-refundable deposits. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that sounds bad, and, and I usually, you know, I'm really, uh, you know, a, a, a staunch proponent against these. And, and I've often told, I've often recommended that people uh, look at, well, what it would cost, how much, how much are you saving? What, what are you giving up mm-hmm. for a non-refundable deposit? It's, it's like a, a non-disclosure or, you know, a confidentiality agreement. What are you getting in return? Right. Uh, you know, some of these deposits can be 250, they could be $450 a person, $900 a cabin. And that's a lot of money to, to risk, uh, the cruise, some of these cruise lines have, uh, over time, well, you know, we'll, you know, put down a, a dollar deposit or a hundred dollar deposit. And you'd have a lot of people go ahead and make bookings. And a lot of them never stuck because the people canceled, mm-hmm. they got their money back. They didn't have any risk, uh, here, you know, Royal Caribbean is going to be testing on several of their ships and then rolling it out uh, fleet-wide. And you really have to determine what is it that you're getting in return for this uh, non-refundable deposit. So if you're going to put up, let's say, an average of $250 per person, uh, you know, wh- what is it that you're getting? What are you um, – you, you better be sure that you're really going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some cruise lines, they, like Princess, for example, has it. And sometimes it may be a, a $30 savings between a non-refundable and a refundable deposit. And uh, in, the, in the case, that it might be better to just you know, look at what it would cost to, you know, what are you saving? Might as well go with a refundable deposit than a non-refundable. In this case, you know, they're really trying to steer people. It's, I think it's a Wall Street driven um, aspect uh, to really, you know, ensure that, you know, you're, you're stuck. So essentially what they're doing is they'll allow you to change these um, deposits to other ships and sailings. Um, but of course, you're going to be incurring fees. Just so I can follow along with you, so I book a cruise on Oasis of the Seas. I have to put down a $500 deposit. Now, I want to cancel my cruise, so what happens to that $500? Well, that, that puts you in the uh, <laughs> that puts you out in Davy Jones' locker. So, so the $500 is gone. Okay. Um, but they will allow you to, if you wanted to reschedule it, you could take that deposit and apply it toward another sailing. And uh, but they'll they'll charge you they'll impose a a change fee ah so you're gonna be okay. you're gonna be paying more money I I feel like that kid in math class who just got the equation okay good <laughs> I, I I figured yeah. it out now what they're gonna be doing is they're gonna be giving you early booking credits big deal okay they're gonna give you promotional onboard credits big deal uh the, you know you've got crown and anchor to, uh, discounts which uh, you know for their pass, passenger program mm-hmm. so there's different programs where this will all be combinable. Interesting. Moving on then. The first block of steel was laid down for the upcoming Celebrity Edge. So where are we at with this ship? The ship is going to be debuting uh, in the latter part of 2018. So uh, today, a, uh, an 875-ton block was lifted. They placed the ceremonial coins in place, and they lowered the ship into uh, position and began to uh, create, you know, uh, t- you know, weld it into Another pre-constructed uh, part of the ship. First sailing is December 16th of 2018. She'll be about 130,000 tons, uh, 2,918 passengers, double occupancy, 
and she'll sail uh, seven knot itineraries, uh, eastern and western. Uh, but the ship design of this, just like I think Solstice was a game changer, uh, I think this will definitely be a further evolution, and it, it absolutely will knock people's uh, socks off. All right, looking forward to following along. In closing here, how is the uh, how are cruise bookings looking for 2017? Uh, are the deals done? Doug, we're always going to see deals. Mm-hmm. Pricing in 2017 are probably among the highest that the industry has realized maybe ever. Okay. I mean, 2006 was maybe one of the best years, that, um, and it's taken the industry a long time, but it's right now the you know the investments that let's say Carnival Cruise Line and others have made toward pre- preventing uh, mishaps and the and the uh, issues that we had that we saw you know uh, back in 2012, 13, 14, and 15. The, the industry I don't think is in a better position than it is right now. Um, the bookings are stronger now. I mean the ships are more heavily booked at higher pricing, and all of the cruise lines in all of their uh, earnings calls, all three of the public companies are reiterating the same comments, more heavily booked, higher prices. But that, but they've also got a lot of ships to fill, Doug, which means that there's always going to be in deals. And that's why I always recommend people to you know, really understand what it is that you're getting and, uh, and, and make sure you, you, you shop and uh, get, get the best deal for you. But don't look at the amenities, shipboard credits. I mean, that, that kind of stuff is really kind of meaningless. Look at what it is. You want to get the best cabin for the least amount of money. Um, you know, the, the incentives, the free air, those kinds of deals are really not that great uh, anymore. We've, we've seen very few cruise lines offering that. But the, the advantages, the, the value that cruising offers over land-based is, uh, is, is the best in the world. And um, there's just no better value for the vacation dollar than a cruise. And all I can tell you is I'm getting ready uh, to embark on cruise number 250. It's a great place to go with your family. It's a great place to take your friends. But, uh, you know, do some shopping, do your homework, research online, don't book online. But I still think cruising is the best vacation that people can take. Been talking with Stuart Sheeran, the Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, man. My pleasure. This is Cruise Radio. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. 
ParkWest makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about ParkWest Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the ParkWest Gallery icon. Want more Cruise Radio? Find a library of over 400 episodes on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. Drew and his family just returned from a eight-night Southern Caribbean cruise on Carnival Conquest. Drew's on the line to talk to us all about it. What's up, Drew? Yeah, Doug. How's it going? Good, buddy. Now, uh, you just got back. You and the family from um, eight nights. You did Carousel, Grand Turk, La Romana, and Aruba. Uh, Very cool itinerary. So I want to talk all about the ship, all about the itinerary. But as always, before we get to that point, we'll take a step back. What made you want to take this eight-night sailing? Well, first of all, I'm a school teacher, and so spring break is very limiting, and that's uh, we're always the week after Easter. Mm-hmm. So we look at that week and then see what's available. The southern uh, itinerary looked really, really nice. The people that, that I went with was my wife, and we have two little kids, and then a buddy of mine, and they'd never been to Aruba, Curacao, any of those. And I'd never been to Curacao either, so whatever ship that was, that didn't matter to us. <laughs> right. It was more on the itinerary. Just curious, with your, your spring break being uh, the week after Easter, did it line up with rest of America's spring break when you were on the sailing? People from the South told us, uh, they said, yeah, college spring break's over. This here's family spring break this week. And that's what they call They called it family spring break. So there were lots <laughs> of kids. Gotcha. So uh, you make your way down. You're up in Columbus, Ohio. You get down to Port Everglades. Uh, did you go in a day early or how did that work for you? Yeah, we, we found a direct flight to Fort Lauderdale the day before and stayed at the Comfort Suites there, and we were ready the next morning. So uh, you head over to the Port Everglades cruise terminal to board Carnival Conquest. How was that embarkation process for y'all? Well, we had that 11 o'clock check-in time, cool. and I'm platinum also. So we got to that holding area, and there, it was full. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, uh, I guess they were slow getting off from the previous cruise, so we didn't get on until maybe an hour later. But we were the first ones on, so it wasn't that bad. You uh, walk on the ship. Where's the first place you go? We wanted to get to our room right away. Gotcha. So we took that, uh, we got the spa balcony. So we took those glass elevators all the way up to deck 11, nice. right right when we got on the ship. And we headed right up to our room. Let's talk about your room. What did you think of that spa balcony? We'd had it once before in the Valor. Mm-hmm. And people talk about the ships and the decor, and I can never tell the difference. I, I guess I don't look at that, the, right. the decoration. Some people, I've heard it called gaudy or whatever. The Valor, Conquest, Triumph, they all look identical to me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we like that spa balcony. It's up there on the top. It's like we feel like we're in the penthouse up there. It had the upper Pullman, that Mm -hmm. uh, bunk bed, because our four-year-old, he wanted to sleep up there. And then our one-year-old, she just slept in the king bed with us. And that balcony is open up to the stars. There's no roof. So we like to look at the stars at night. I didn't realize that. There's no roof on those. So you could just kind of gaze out there. Yeah, it's up on the top. So if it was a rainy day, I guess that would be bad. But we had one day with a little rain. But yeah, other than that. With the spa balcony, is the balcony much bigger than a regular balcony cabin? I think it's the same. Mm -hmm. The door slides. It doesn't open up. It's Mm -hmm. a sliding door. Did you have any kind of like special spa privileges with that? No, it wasn't that kind of spa balcony. It was just on the spa deck. Okay, gotcha. No cloud nine or anything like that. So let's, uh, let's talk about the food on Carnival Conquest. Of course, it underwent the Fun Ship 2.0 a couple of years back with the guy's burger and the, 
Blue yeah. Iguana Canteen and all that good stuff. So uh, we'll start at the inside of the Lido Deck Marketplace and go out from there. So what do you think of the food there? We always enjoy those buffets up on Lido Deck. And this met expectations. Nothing new, but just what we wanted. We were super excited about the Guy's Burger. My buddy had been on the, uh, the Breeze and had the Guy's Burger, but the rest of us hadn't. Mm-hmm. So we were real excited, and that was really good. And I had asked my buddy, I said, yeah, JT, uh, do they still have the other grill up on Lido? Like in case we want the other burgers. And he told me, he said, ah, you won't want them. I don't know if they have it, but you won't even want it. <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> so, Which one guys. did you go for? Well, I tried the, uh, just the regular one first. And then the ringer. Yeah. And we tried, tried the pig patty later. Yeah, they were all good. Yeah. You can't go wrong with those, uh, those guys' burger, 1,300 calories a piece. Crazy. Hey, we're on vacation. So exactly. Okay. Absolutely. Let's go with that. Uh, so how about the uh, Blue Iguana Cantina? Oh, yeah. We saw that they had fish tacos. We looked at those menus online. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we got those. And my wife was a big fan of the Blue Iguana Cantina. Um, I just had a few tacos a couple times. And I tried that salsa you told us about. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Pineapple something? Yeah, or wa- watermelon? Was it watermelon? That was it. Yeah. So good. The pizza place is what we expected. One thing about the pizza place, we'd encountered this before, and I'm not sure if it's because of all the kids or the spring break time, but we think that they should just start cranking out pizzas like during peak hours and just have pepperoni and cheese, have it ready to go instead of waiting for us to tell them what we want and then make it. I wonder if that's a a waste thing, because even at late night, like when you're leaving the casino or, or one of the bars at like right. 1 or 2 a.m., you have to wait like 20 minutes sometimes for a, yeah. for a slice. And it's like, yeah. I don't want to wait this long. I'd rather just go pay the right. $5 fee and get it to my cabin, you know? Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I want to talk about that Southern barbecue up where the uh, oh, yeah. fish and chips used to be up there on mm-hmm. Deck 10. We didn't know about this Southern barbecue <laughs> and that pork butt. That was real good. So I was real excited about that, and I, I started eating that almost more than the uh, guys' burgers. Nice. So uh, I'm just a country boy, and that that mac and cheese and that pork butt sandwich, that, that was my favorite thing on the ship as far as food goes. What day did you find that on? Just curious. We didn't find it right away. No. <laughs> I think the first sea day I saw it, though. Well, it was day two. Yeah. Easter Sunday was our first sea day. Yeah. So I saw it then at lunchtime. If you're on those Conquest-class ships and you go the very first day, like Embarkation Day, no one's up there. It's open from, like, I think 12 to 2.30 on the first day you board, but no one knows about it. It's, like, the best-kept secret on the ship, and plus all that open seating up there, too, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Also, the seafood shack up there. We tried that one day. Mm -hmm. I wanted to try those lobster rolls, and we got the fish platter. It was uh, Aruba Day because Aruba was a late port. And so everybody got back on the ship at 7 or 8 o'clock, and everybody was hungry and didn't want to go to the main dining room. So the buffet and the Lido Marketplace was super crowded, but nobody was at the seafood shack. So that's, that's we thought, this is the time. We're going to try it. Cool. And it was really good. Didn't disappoint. Is the seafood shack on deck 10 aft on that ship? It was deck 9 aft. Okay. So all the way back where the grill used to be. Yeah, okay. So in the main dining room, what time dining did you have? We had your time dining okay. with our two little ones. The four kids, we loved having the late seating and getting a big table, making new friends. And I do miss that. But with the two little ones, we can't do that right now. 
So we did the your time dining and we, we probably went to the main dining room maybe four times on the eight night cruise. Lobster night was the, that was the best night. It was lobster tails. I think I had two or three <laughs> and uh, my wife got the filet. She might go lobster tail too, I think. We'd order the food and then our little one-year-old girl, she can walk and so she'd go up and down the steps. A lot of people stopped us on the ship. Hey, we saw your little girl climbing the steps. <laughs> so uh, we enjoyed the dining room. That's awesome. Um, as far as the entertainment around the ship, not sure how much you really got to do with the with the kitties, but did you get to check out like any of the um, stage shows or comedians? Yeah. My wife and I took turns staying in the room at night. And then our friends that were on the ship, we hit a couple comedians with them. And they were good. One guy was a little raunchy, but the rest were all... Good comedians. Uh, we saw some of the some of the uh, playlist. We saw the um, the eighties to the max, epic rock. Yeah. yeah, we saw that one. There's some good ones on there. What about the music around the ship? Uh, what did you think about like the public areas with the bands or the soloists or whatnot? Here's something strange. The first day embark, we got on, and we expected steel drum or or something in the atrium or something on Lido deck, and there was nothing all day until maybe six o'clock and it was a late sail away too. So we wonder if they were having a big production meeting or something. Mm. But after that, there was live music all over the ship all the time. It was wonderful. Awesome. This itinerary that you went on, on this eight night sailing, you hit some pretty cool Southern Caribbean yeah. ports. Um, let's go through the ports and uh, give me a highlight of uh, each one of your favorites. You could start with whatever your first one was. Grand Turk was the first one. We just uh, hit the beach there, then over to Margaritaville, swam in the pool, maybe partook in a little uh, <laughs> adult recreational uh, beverages. Right. And the beach was very nice. Snorkeling was good. Next day was La Romana. It was cloudy and rainy. And we had booked a tour with Sevis Tours, to speedboat to that Isla Sayona. Mm -hmm. And the taxi took us to the Sevis Tours area, and they were real nice. They said, you know what? It could rain. It's going to rain some more. We'll give you a refund if you want to go back to the ship. But if you have a good attitude, let's just go. And so we did. It only rained a little bit. And we had a great day. Even though it was rainy, that was one of the best ports. The next day was Aruba, and we didn't get there until 2 o'clock due to it being so far south. And it was sunny and hot. Mm -hmm. We got off the ship and just found a bus tour and climbed that rock pile, whatever it is, in the middle of the island. Yeah. And then headed over to uh, whatever nice beach that is there. We saw the sunset there on the beach because we didn't have to be back on the ship until 7 or 8. Awesome. That beach was so nice. Mm -hmm. Curacao the next day, and none of us had been there. And so that was kind of neat. And we debated whether to go see the natural beaches to the west of the port. But instead, we thought, well, let's see Williamstad and the, the swinging bridge and the tall bridge and little island tour and then the little beach there. And there, oh, that was the best snorkeling of the trip. Yeah. This little beach, the man-made beach there with the toys. And I forget the name of the beach. So many fish, colorful fish. It was wonderful. That beach you went to uh, in Curacao, was that a public beach or did you have to like a pay per person to go there? It was a pay per person. And the driver of our bus, he's like, now you wait for me. And then the he says, you know, I can get you a discount. And so we all went in together and paid less that way or something. Cool. But it was mostly cruise ship people there, I think. Yeah, makes sense. It was Aruba, Carousel, Grand Turk, and La Romana, and the rest were sea days? Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. So how were the sea days on your ship? 
One sea day was rough, and they had the upper decks closed due to the high winds. But my four-year-old was two inches taller than the water slide limit. Mm -hmm. And the first day, he went down that water slide, and he tried to back out. I'm like, no, no, come on, buddy. You can do it. And he did it. Nice. So the sea days ended up being awesome because he just went that water slide over and over. (laughs) And so with the one-year-old, if mommy wanted a nap, I'd take her up to the track and we'd walk around in the stroller, and we'd go up to the putt-putt mini golf way up by the uh, funnel, and she could run around up there, and we played golf. And, you know, there were a lot of spring breakers, so Lido Deck had a lot of people. One thing about the Conquest class is we like all those levels in the stadium area, like right in the middle of Lido, and how open it is. We, we like seeing all that. No real congestion. Yeah. Buffet would never – the uh, guys' burgers never had to wait. Could always just go get burgers whenever we wanted. The only wait was that pizza. That was the only place we ever had to wait. Yeah, I always find myself bellied up to the barbecue joint, whatever ship I'm on, on sea days. Oh, that yeah. That barbecue uh-huh. so good. You talking about it just really like a few minutes ago reminded me of just how awesome that barbecue restaurant is up there. Well, how was disembarkation for you? You make your way back to Port Everglades, time to get off the ship. Was it anything like getting on the ship where it was delayed? This was the worst debarkation I'd ever, in the past, we've always just done self-assist or platinum. I have luggage tag number one, but we don't want to get up early. We, and we were going to spend the night again because our direct flight wasn't until the next day. Mm-hmm. We were in no hurry. So we headed up to Lido, did a late brunch up there. And we thought, ah, we'll be the last ones off the ship around 10, 30. I think I was texting you. I'm like, we're still on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 1130. Chloe, the cruise director, kept saying, sorry, folks, they're really backed up down in uh, the passports. What's that place down there with the passports? Passport control or something. Yeah. So they were real backed up. So we finally, we were like the last, when we got off the ship at 1130, they were beeping those cards. And we heard somebody say, 10 more, 10 more on the ship. So uh, we were like the last on the ship. And then we had to stand in that line down there to get through with our passports another 45 minutes. And by the time we got up there, he just looked at our passports and said, oh, welcome home. Come on. And it was a long morning. When you were telling me that you were drinking coffee on Lido and it was like 11, 15 yeah. in the morning, I thought you were kidding me. Yeah. I'm like, right. No. It's like, wow. But that's the latest we'd ever. Yeah. We, we, were, we were surprised. We realized maybe that's what happened the week before when we couldn't get on at that time. I asked Carnival about that when you told me about it. And they said for two weekends in a row, they had surprise inspections. Oh. And I think that's what uh, what it was. Surprise. Yeah, exactly. Surprise, <laughs> we're here. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, Let's get those spring breakers. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So do you have any first-time tips to offer anyone sailing Carnival Conquest? I guess it'd be that barbecue, the southern barbecue up there on above the Lido Marketplace. Mm-hmm. Never a line up there. Very good food. Just sort of like down-home comfort food. And very good. It was very good. Looking back over your eight nights sailing, what was the biggest highlight for you and your family? Besides the new ports, I think it was our four-year-old doing that water slide <laughs> yeah. and him being independent enough to do it by himself over and over. And we, that gave us some relaxation time. That was wonderful. It'd be nice to have that energy, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. That was great. <laughs> uh, in closing here, Drew, uh, final thoughts of Carnival Conquest. The frozen beverages are very good. Mm-hmm. We really enjoy that, that size of ship, that class of ship. Oh, a little tip on the room is uh, the bathroom lights, like in the middle of the night. 
if you have to go in there in that bathroom, you turn the lights on and then you turn them back off and you can go in and there's still a glow. Like if you don't have a nightlight. Oh, interesting. You, yeah. You turn them on then you turn them back off. Then you open the door and go in and there's like a little afterglow and that's just enough. You don't need to have that bright light in your face. Yeah. That's something new we learned this week. Yeah. Would you sail conquest again? <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, we've been talking with Drew. Him and his family just got back from an eight-night Southern Caribbean sailing aboard Carnival Conquest. And uh, Drew actually made a a video, or he's in the process of making a video of this sailing. I'll link to that in the show notes, Drew, at uh, cruiseradio.net. Drew, thanks for being on and uh, sharing your experience with us. Always enjoy these podcasts, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.